This is the Relic Radio Show, old-time radio entertainment still standing the test of time from RelicRadio.com. This is the Relic Radio Show, 60 minutes of radio drama, which you can find every Tuesday at RelicRadio.com. Our first story this week comes from Escape. We'll hear their story from July 26, 1953, titled The Notebook. After that, it's the Columbia Workshop and the Trojan Women. Their episode from December 8th, 1940. Tired of the everyday grind? Ever dream of a life of romantic adventure? Want to get away from it all? We offer you... Escape! Escape! Designed to free you from the four walls of today for a half hour of high adventure. You are in a wild and dangerous country, riding to stake your claim, while the man who follows you without conscience or fear, is waiting for the moment when he will stop you with a bullet and a heart. Listen now, as transcribed, Escape brings you William J. Radcliffe's exciting story, The Notebook. Trouble started about a week ago, after we broke camp and headed for the little town of Deadwood. You see, way over there, Robbie? Uh, Over there, way over there, them's old volcanoes. Injuns around here say their folks of spirits live there. Well, about 20 miles or so that way is the trading post. Hey, maybe we can file our claim there. No, have to make dead wood for that. Uh. Hold up, Robbie. What's wrong? Oh. What do we do? I don't know. Stand steady, I guess. When I say it, head for them rocks and move fast. And we better wait. Uh-uh. I'll scatter. You all right, Matt? Yeah. Tore my doggone pants. The same guy, ain't it? Yeah, same guy. Whiskers and all. Uh, I sure like to give him a shave. Uh, from ear to ear. Let's see about getting our rifles. Yeah. Jenny! Oh, girl! Here! Come here, girl! Oh, Jenny! Come back here, you fool! Come back hey, Matt, here! Matt, get down! Get down, he'll oh. see you! Barnery uh, critter, ain't you? You're almost as bad as some people I've known. If we get across that ravine, we can back trail out of here. Yeah. All right, get going. No, wait. Wait a minute. I got an idea. Throw your hat the other way. And draw his fire. Good idea. Come on, let's go! Well, watch them rocks. I'm uh, watching. I'm watching. Keep moving. Yeah. Uh, this way over here. I'm coming. Uh, uh, head into them uh, woods. I see the burrow. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Whoa up there, you carnation fool. Whoa. Easy, Jenny, now. Easy. Easy, girl. Easy, girl. Uh, I got the rifle, Mac. Good. Now. Let's get that bushwhacking polecat. Wait. Now, look. Yeah. He's lighting out. Yeah. He's tried it twice now. Reckon he'll try again? Yeah, 
he wants that gold pretty bad. Well, so do I. Uh, would you kill for it, Robbie? It's an awful lot of gold, Mac. Would you kill for it? I don't know. Maybe. I can't say. made a dry camp that night and cooked early so we could douse the fire before dark. We took turns watching and sleeping, but nothing happened. Next afternoon late, we got to Deadwood, a dirty town of mud shacks and old cabins. Half-naked Indian kids kicked the dry dust round us begging for smokes. The half-breeds and whites just stared at us. Some town, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a wild one, all right. Uh, beats me how they make a living. Oh, sheep mostly. Yeah. Uh, trade with the engines. Robbie, uh, you see that, that there tree? Yeah. You know, I see the fuller get hanged there once. Oh? Yep. Hauled him up like a sack of wheat. Choked him dead. Ugh, terrible. I'll never forget it. What'd he do? Kill somebody? No. A bunch of guys just got drunk and wanted a hanging. He just happened to be there. Well, let's go across to that saloon, Robbie. <laughs> I got me a thirst. Well, I guess we can afford one. Only one? Bottle, I mean. Oh, yes, sirree, Robbie. <laughs> I don't know. A bottle of whiskey. I'll stick to beer. Okay. Oh, Robbie, I still think you ought to... Oh, Robbie. What? That third guy. Huh? Into the bar. Oh. It's him. Sure is. Fella. Huh? I've been looking for you. What? Hey! Hey, crack it up! Crack it up! Uh, you want trouble, huh? Well, you got trouble! Hey! Hey, he's my friend! Oh, uh, two of you, huh? Okay, come up! All right, now get up! Take him up! Mother, you get out of here. Uh, put the gun away. We'll see who gets out of here. Well, like I tell you, all yourself and that other bum out of here. Uh, you all right, Robbie? Yeah. Yeah, but who's he? I don't know, but he sure crocked you one. Uh, you the law? I own the joint. Any fighting to be done, and I'll do it. Yeah, that guy. That guy with a whisker, he bushwhacked us. Yeah, twice. You're lying. He works for me. Oh, come on, Robbie. Hey, just a minute. Yeah? If Jonesy did pot shot you, and I ain't saying he did or didn't, how come? How come? Yeah, why? Oh, figuring to jump our claim, I reckon. Claim? Mac, uh, come on. All right, a couple of you guys hold Jonesy into the back. Ah, there's another bar on down the way. There always is. Hey, Robbie, you hurt any? Ah, jaw's sore. <laughs> so is whiskers, I reckon. You socked him pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> What's so funny? You know, Robbie, what? I didn't pay for them drinks. <laughs> what are you laughing at? We didn't get to drink them. Robbie, 
You still mad at me? Nope. Uh, I shouldn't have talked about our gold claim back in Deadwood. Mac, for two days now, you've been doing nothing but talk about it. Now, forget it. It's been all right if we found an office there to stake our claim. How far we come? Oh, about 30 miles, I reckon. We'll get back to the Gallo by nightfall, make Silvertown tomorrow, maybe. Hold up a minute, Robbie. Well, you're tired? No, no. Listen. Well? No, 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 no. Wait a minute. What's the matter? Nothing. I'm just listening. Did you hear that owl? Yeah. Remember hearing it a ways back? Well, yeah, I guess. What's wrong with the owl hooting? Generally, wild animals only squawk when something bothers them. I don't know. It's kind of peculiar. Let's keep moving. Come on, Jenny. See what I mean? Yeah. You're sure big for crows. Sure are. <laughs> Ever eat a crow stew? Crow stew? Sure, it's pretty good. <laughs> Especially when you're gosh darn hungry. Hey, Robbie, see them, them tracks? Yeah, been noticing them. Yeah, they look like dog tracks. Sort of. It's a wolf pack. Track's about a day old. Oh, lots of them around here. Oh, they're mean devils. Uh-oh. Let's get back into them rocks. We're for Come on. <laughs> Steady down, Robbie. Sure. Oh, Jenny, whoa. Easy. Hold that critter, Robbie. Were we in trouble again? Some crows we flushed back there went back to eating again. Oh, so? So? Sit tight and listen. Mac, it flew away. It sure did. Robbie, we're being followed. I hope it's whiskers. Get the rifles. Yeah, I will. Here. Yeah. Look. You see him? No. There. There. That clump of pines. It's whiskers, all right. There's two of them. Yep. Him and the big guy that runs the saloon. You know, the guy that clobbered you. Yeah, yeah, it's him, all right. Remember, Mac, you asked me if I could kill for gold? Huh? Maybe I can give you an answer now. Return to escape in just a moment. But first, wood for your home, water in the faucet, the newspaper on the front porch every day. Behind all of these taken-for-granted items of everyday life are America's forests. Whenever a forest burns, those things are being destroyed, and we ourselves are destroying them because nine-tenths of all forest fires are man-made. Let's stop this needless destruction. And be careful of fire in forest areas. Now, back to Escape.
We'd come 30 miles from Deadwood. I kept thinking if we'd been able to stake our claim there, we wouldn't be waiting behind rocks, waiting for the two guys who made shadows in the clump of pines as they came riding through on their horses. You're a pretty good shot, ain't you, Robbie? I can handle it. I'll just be nice and easy. Yeah. Yeah. We'll cover them first and and see what they're up to. (laughs) Your gold, Mac. That's what they want. I reckon. It's funny about gold, Robbie. A body near kills itself a grubbing and a sweating for it. And then starts killing others just to keep it. Yeah. But it's a pile of gold, Mac. I'll cover whiskers. You take the big guy. Yeah. I'm gonna work that boy over real good. Yeah, but just wait till they get around that boulder. Stand right still, you guys. What's the idea? What are you following us for? Open country, innit? Now get off them horses, the both of you. Robbie, go get their guns. Right. Look out, Robbie! Mac! Mac! Watch yourself, Robbie. Mac! Mac, easy now. Easy, Mac. Where'd he get you? Uh, Chest hurts. Oh, Mac. Gotta think what we do. Take it easy, Mac. Take it easy here. Let's see what it looks like. Pretty bad. I'll see you now. Oh, man, I gotta stop the blood. Oh, Jenny, Jenny, come back! Jenny, come back here! You, you all right, Robbie? Yeah, yeah. Want to borrow a getaway? Yeah. Here, give me my rifle, Robbie. Now, Mac, just lay still. Easy. Mac, I'm going over behind those rocks and talk back to that guy. Now, don't you move. Don't. Yeah, you, you got whiskers. But easy now. Easy, Mac. You're breathing hard. It hurts, man. Well, wait a minute. Here. Here's some water for you. No. No, no, no. Easy, Mac. Come on now. Drink it. That's it. Yeah. Fella. Ought to have real drink. The big guy's tailing out, Mac. Uh, oh, Robbie. Robbie. Yeah, I'm here, Mac. You know where we are? Sure. I know. Get, get home, all right? Yeah. We'll get home. Wild here. Stay in the river. Only water. Run. Oh, now, Mac. You're gonna be all right, Mac. You hear? Mac. Mac. buried Mac on the bluff there and piled heavy stones on his grave. I stood there for a long time after I'd said the prayer. After a while, I left him and hunted for the burrow. 
late afternoon when they found her back up the trail. Found what was left of her after the wolf pack pulled her down. I went back to the river and made camp for the night. And that's where he found me. Stand right still, Miss Hutton. Huh? What? Just don't move. You. Yeah, it's me. Get over there. Where's your rifle? Yeah, on the blanket. Uh. I'm hungry. Where's your grub? Oh, it's in the canvas there. Never mind. I'll help myself. You better go easy. It's all there is. Shut up. Oh, well, that food's got to last till we get back. You ain't getting back. Where's the gold? There is no gold. Don't give me that. I said, where is it? In the sack. Now, you just make it easy on yourself, fella. Mm. You tell me where your strike is. That's all there is to it. Might even cut you in. Well? Answer me. I, I... Look, tell me where it is, and I'll let you in for half of it, huh? I, 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 tell me! Uh, Are you going to tell me? What? What's bothering them? the horse made my blood run cold. A big guy went nuts, I guess. All of a sudden, he started yelling crazy things and running. I heard him pound along the river bed and splash into the water, and then he was gone. I piled sagebrush and wood on the fire and stood in its light and tried not to hear the agonized sounds of the horses. The wolves got him. And they left some time in the night, but the morning was long coming. Then I saw what was left of the horse and took sick to my stomach. I got what gear there was and rolled it in a pack. I had three shells left for the rifle. <laughs> Followed the river down through the gorge. I guess I'd gone, oh, about a mile. And there he was. Drop your rifle! Drop it! Now come here! Up here, you fool! Hurry up! Well? Yeah, that's close enough. You hurt, huh? 
Throw me your canteen. Water. I want water, you fool. This is empty. I know it. I told you I want water. I've been following this stream. There's no use carrying water. You want some? I'll get it for you. No. Don't move. Are you hurt? My leg. It's broke. You want me to look at it? See this rifle? I see it. You'll try something, you're dead. Let's see the leg. No. Get away from me! You hear me? Now listen, listen to me. You want me to help you, then put down that rifle. How stupid you think I am? Plenty stupid. Shut up! I do like I tell you. Cut them two saplings off there. Make an engine litter out of that blanket. Oh, fellow, I can't drag you that far. I'm going to kill you. Oh? Then what? <laughs> Miles nowhere, alone, can't walk. That wolf pack's still around. I reckon there's been enough, Jim. What's your name? Morris. Jack Morris. Let me see your leg. Yeah. Hey, I'll look at it. Yeah, it's a bad one. Real bad. Uh, uh, pull me. Pull me up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> passed out then, and I tried to set his leg. It was all swelled up and bloody. I did the best I could and then hauled him up the hill to his cave. That was four days ago. I kept the fire going, made him easy as I could, and I put these words down in my notebook. Last night, the wolf pack found us. I built up the fire at the front of the cave, and they stayed back, howling. They're still there this morning, seven of them. But I can't kill any more. Got no shells left. Morris died a few minutes ago. There's no more wood. Fire's low. It'll be gone soon. Transcribed under the direction of Anthony Ellis, Escape has brought you The Notebook by William J. Radcliffe, starring John Daner as Robbie, Joseph Kearns as Mac, and William Conrad as Jack Morris. The special music for Escape is composed and directed by Leith Stevens. Next week... You are alone in a giant forest, seeking a way of escape, while around you, gaining with your every step, the relentless enemy, which is fire, is closing in from every side. Until there will be only one way out, and that way is death. So listen next week when Escape brings you Anthony Ellis' exciting story, The Red Forest. Tomorrow night and most of these same CBS radio stations, listen for another dramatic hit from Screenland on the Lux Summer Theater. Every Monday night, CBS Radio invites you to enjoy your favorite Hollywood stars in arresting comedies, dramas, and mysteries. Full-hour productions throughout the warm weather months on the Lux Summer Theater. This is Roy Rowan speaking.
The Columbia Workshop presents The Trojan Women by Euripides, adapted for radio by John Houseman and the translator Edith Hamilton, with score by Virgil Thompson. greatest play about war was written 2,356 years ago. It has little plot and almost no action. The characters, except for a few subordinate parts, are all women. After ten years of war, a great city has fallen. Only women are left. Their husbands dead, their children taken from them. They are waiting to be deported as slaves. One is an old woman whose husband, the king, has been murdered before her eyes. Her sons, too, are dead. And she who was queen is now a slave. There is her daughter, a virgin dedicated to the service of the temple, who has become the property of the victorious commander-in-chief. Her daughter-in-law, the wife of her favorite son, is to belong to the son of the man who killed him. And there are other humbler women, weeping for the loss of home, husband, children, and everything sweet. That is the whole of it. It is early morning, soon after sunrise. To the east, dim against the sky, are the shattered towers of Troy, the conquered city. To the west, running down to the sea, is the beach where the victorious Greek army is encamped, and the Greek warships and transports drawn up, being made ready for the long voyage home. We are just outside the city gates with the prisoners, Trojan women. One of them, an old woman, is lying on the ground, her face in the dust. The ways of fate are the ways of the wind. Drift with the stream, drift with fate. No use to turn the prow to breast the waves. Let the boat go as it chances. Be silent, speak, weep then. Cry for oh, what? What sorrow is there that is not mine? Grief to weep for, country lost, and children and husband, glory of all my house brought low. Troy is no longer. We are not the lords of Troy. Who am I then that wait here at a Greek king's door, a slave that men drive on, an old gray woman that has no home? Oh, Troy. Let us weep for her. Your cry, O Hecuba. Oh, such a cry. What does it mean? There in the tent we heard you call so piteously. In the tent we were weeping too, for we are slaves. Look, child. There where the Greek ships lie. They are moving. The men hold oars. Look at the sailors standing on the prows. Oh, God, what will they do? Carry me off over the sea in a ship far from home. You ask, and I know nothing. Oh, Troy, unhappy Troy. We, the unhappy, leave you. We who are living and we who are dead. Has word come from the Greek camp? Whose slave shall I be? Wait for the lot drawing. It is near. Am I a slave? To whom? Where? How? An old gray woman patient to endure. A bee without a sting. An image of what was alive or the ghost one dead. I watch at a master's door. I nurse his children. Once I was queen in Troy. The shuttle will still pass through my hands. But the loom will not be in Troy. My dead sons. I would look at them once more. Never again. Worse to come. A Greek's dead. Oh, never. Not that for me. Look, soldiers, they're coming to tell us what. What will they say? 
A detachment of Greek soldiers is marching up from the beach. It has come. Once we only feared it. The lots are drawn. A different man takes each. My daughter. Who drew her? Cassandra. King Agamemnon chose her. To serve his Spartan wife? No. For the king's own bed. Oh, never. She has vowed to guard a virgin always. And she is mad now. Driven mad with that grief, too. My other child you took from me. She is free from trouble. And Hector's wife, my Hector, where does she go? Andromache? Achilles' son took her. And I, old gray-haired, whose slave am I, creeping along with my crutch? Slave of the king of Ithaca, Odysseus. Pity me, women of Troy. Oh, Hecuba, you know what lies before you. But I, what man among the Greeks owns me? Go now and bring Cassandra here. Be quick. We must give her to the chief, and then these here to all the other generals. Open there. Open the gate. It is my daughter, Cassandra. girl. Oh, mother, crown my triumph with a wreath. Be glad, for I am married to a king, Agamemnon, the great, the glorious lord of Greece. I shall kill him, mother. Lay his house as low as he laid ours. Make him pay for all he made my father suffer. And I will show you this town now. Yes, mother, is happier than the Greeks. I know that I am mad. But mother, dearest, now for this one time I do not rave. Men died. By tens of thousands died here before Troy. And why? No man had moved their landmarks or laid siege to their high-walled towns. War took them, and they never saw their children. No wife with gentle hands shrouded them for their grave. They lie in a strange land. And in their homes are sorrows, too. Lonely women who died. Old men who waited for sons that never came. No son left to them to make the offering at their graves. That was the glorious victory they won. Oh, fools, the men who lay a city waste, giving to desolation temples, tombs, the sanctuaries of the dead. So soon to die themselves. But we, we Trojans, died to save our people. No glory greater. Our dead, the earth of their own land, has covered them. And Hector's pain. Your Hector. Mother, hear me. This is the truth. He died the best. A hero. The only shame is not to die like that. So, Mother, do not pity Troy or me upon my bridal bed. Now, if the high gods had not made you mad, I would have paid you for those evil words, but... Well, you know her mind is not quite right. So all she said against Greece and for Troy I never heard. The wind blew it away. Come with me to the ship now. Where is the ship? How do I go on board? Spread the sail. The wind comes swift. Mother, my mother, do not weep. Farewell, dear city. Brothers, 
in Troy's earth lay my father a little time and I shall be with you. Our Cassandra is led off by the soldiers down toward the ships. Oh, Queen, see, she is falling. Oh, help, she cannot speak. Will you leave her on the ground? Up, lift her up. I cannot stay. Too much is on me. Oh, I will think of good days gone, crowning my sorrow by remembering we were kings, and the king I married, sons I bore him, many sons. No woman, Trojan, Greek, or stranger had sons like mine. I saw them fall beneath Greek spears. Their father, I saw him fall, murdered. I myself, upon the altar when his town was lost, my daughter's maiden reared to marry kings was torn from me. All gone. No hope that I shall look upon their faces anymore, or they on mine. And now the end. An old gray slave I go to Greece. I who bore Hector. On the ground lay this old body down that once slept in a royal bed. Torn rags around me. Torn flesh beneath. Rocks for my pillow. There to fall and die, wasted with tears. Soldiers are passing, straggling out of the city. They are loaded with plunder. Their ranks part, and a woman is seen coming forward with a child in her arms. Look, Hecuba, it is Andromache. And in her arms, her child is Cyanax, the son of Hector, most sorrowful of women. Where do you go? I go where the Greeks take me. Oh, sorrow. Oh, sorrow. Why should you weep? This sorrow is mine. My children gone. Gone. Happiness. Troy. And you live. Hector. My son. My eldest son whom I bore to Priam come to me. Lead me to death. Death. Oh, deep desire. Such is our pain. For a city that has fallen, look and see. The end of the house where I bore my children. Driven like cattle, captured in a raid, my child and I. The free changed to a slave. It is fearful to be helpless. Just now they took Cassandra from me. And still more sorrow for you. More than that. Number my sorrows, will you? Measure them. You have lost another daughter. Polixena lies dead upon Achilles' tomb. Murdered. My child. And that is what the soldier meant. Could not read his riddle. She has died her death. And happier by far dying than I alive. Life cannot be what death is, child. Life is hope. Death is empty. Oh, mother. To die is only not to be. And rather death than life with bitter grief. They have no pain. They do not feel their wrongs. She is dead, your daughter. As if she never had been born. She does not know the wickedness that killed her. While I... Oh, Hector. My beloved. You were all to me. Wise. Noble, mighty in wealth, in manhood. No man had touched me when you took me. Took me from my father's home. And you are dead. And I, without a plunder, am sent by sea to Greece. You're dead, Alexina, you weep for. What does she know of pain like mine? The living must have hope. Not I. Not anymore. I will not lie to my own heart. No good will ever come. We stand at the same point of pain. You mourn your ruin, and in your words I hear my own calamity. A detachment of soldiers is approaching, coming up from the beach again. Wife of the noblest man that was in Troy, O wife of Hector, do not hate me. Against my will, I come to tell you, 
The people and the kings have all resolved. What is it? Evil follows words like those. Your child must die. There. Now you know it all. They said a hero's son must not grow up. God on their own sons may that verdict fall. But from the towering wall of Troy be thrown. Now. Now let it be done. Don't cling so to him. Bear your pain the way brave women suffer. Don't look for any help. Think. The city gone. Your husband too. And you a captive and alone. One woman. How can you fight us? Bear it as best you can. Give me the child. No. Die, my best beloved. My own. My treasure. In cruel hands. Leaving your mother comfortless. Your father was too noble. That is why they kill you. Weeping, my little one. There, there. You cannot know what waits for you. Why hold me with your hand so fast? You little bird. Hiding beneath my wings. And Hector will not come. He will not come up from the tomb, great spear in hand, to save you. How will it be? Falling down, down, all broken, none to pity him. You little thing, curled in my arms, your mother's dearest. How sweet the fragrance of you. All nothing, then. This breast from which your baby mouth sucks milk. My labor, too. My care when I grew wasted watching you. Kiss me. Never again. Come closer. Closer. Your mother for you. Put your arms around my neck. Now, kiss me. Lips to lips. Wait. Take him. Throw him down. Feast on his flesh. God has destroyed me. And I cannot. I cannot save my child. Come, boy. Let go. Unclasp those loving hands. Poor mother. Come now, up to the city wall, where you must die. Take him away. Now the soldiers are marching away into the empty city. One of them carries the child, Astyanax. Child. Son of my dear son. Poor child. What can I do for you? All I have now to give is grief. Tears and more tears. Falling. Falling. My cup is full. soldiers is returning from the city. Two of them are carrying on a shield the body of the child, Astyanax. They're bringing back the body. The dead child's body. The dead Astyanax. They threw him from the tower. As one might pitch a ball. And now they have brought him here. One ship is waiting, Hecuba, to take aboard the last of all the spoil. The chief himself had sailed because of news he had. And with him went Andromache, the dead boy's mother. And this bronze-fronted shield which Hector used in battle, she begged that he might lie upon it in his grave. And in your arms she told me I must lay him, for you to cover the body if you still. 
have anything to cloak left. And to put flowers on him if you could. And she has gone. So after you have laid him out and heaped the earth above him, when a loud trumpet call is sounded, go to the Greek ships and embark, all of you. Here is the body. See, one trouble I saved you. As we passed the stream, I let the water run on him and washed his wounds. The shield down, the great round shield of Hector. I wish I need not look at it. The shield is set down, and the Greek soldiers march off in formation. They have gone now, down the hill toward their ships. Hecuba and the other women are left alone. You conquered. Well, your spears are sharp, but not your wits. You feared a child. You murdered him. You were frightened then. You thought he might build up our ruined Troy. And yet, when Hector fought and thousands at his side, we fell beneath you. Now, then all is lost. The city captured and the Trojans dead. A little child like this made you a now Hecuba is kneeling beside the dead child. Poor little one. How savagely our ancient walls have torn away the curls your mother's fingers made. And where she pressed her kisses. Here, where the broken bone grins white. Oh, no, I cannot. Dear him. The same dear shake your father's head. How loosely now they fall. And dear, proud lips forever closed. How often have you climbed into my bed, called me sweet names and told me, Grandmother, when you are dead, I'll lead my soldiers all to ride out past your tomb. Not you, but I, old, homeless, childless, must lay you in your grave. So young, so miserably dead. What could a poet carve up in the tomb? A child lies here, whom strong men feared and slew. Ah, oh, they should boast of that. Bring such coverings for the dead body as we still have. God has not left us much to make a show with. Some of the women come forward, offering their torn clothes which Hecuba lays over the body of the child. Here for your hands we bring the shrouds. All that we have we give you. For this was once our prince. So on your wedding day I would have dressed you, the highest princess of the East, your bride. Now on your dead body I lay raiment, all that is left of the splendor that was Troy and the great shield of Hector. Glorious in battle, it too shall have its share of honor. Undying, it will lie beside the bed. You, child of our bitter sorrow, the earth will now receive you. Mourn, O oh mother, mourn. Mourn, weeping for all the dead with bitter tears. Now the funeral rite begins. Hecuba's hands move over the child's body in a ritual gesture of healing the wound. I heal your wounds. With linen I bind them. My words only not in truth. But soon among the dead your father will welcome. Beat. Beat your head. Lift your hands and let them fall. All this the gods would have pain for us, and pain for Troy. And yet, had God not bowed us down, not laid us low in dust, none would have sung of us or told our wrongs, and stories men will listen to forever. Go, 
They are dead in his poor grave, with these last gifts of death given to him. I think those that are gone care little how they are there. Now four of the women go off slowly toward the city, carrying the body of the dead child on the shield to bury it in Trojan soil. Poor mother. Her high hopes were stayed in you, and they are broken. They called you happy at your birth, a good man's son. Look, look! On the heights of Troy, flames, fire! They're flinging torches! Fire! Fire! Look! Smoke is beginning to rise from the buildings of the city. This is the end, then. The height of sorrow. Troy is burning. But hurry, old people, if you can, a little nearer. Here, where I can see my city. Say goodbye to her. You are so proud a city in all the east, the proudest. Soon your name, the whole world knew, will be taken from you. Ancient of days, our country's lord. Father who made us. You see your children suffering. Have we deserved them? Deceased, but Troy has perished. No city now, never again. Oh, terrible. The fire lights up the whole town. The inside rooms are burning. The citadel, it is all flame now. Troy is vanishing. War broke her. And what was left is going up in smoke. The glorious houses fall. First the spear. And then the fire. Children, here, your mother is calling. Children. They are dead, those you are calling. They will drive us away like cattle who are slaves out far away. Death, I am my husband. You are dead. The evil that has found me, your wife, do you know? No. Death has darkened his eyes. He was good and the wicked killed him. Don't let him fall and be forgotten. The earth is kind. Dust is rising, setting out like smoke. I cannot see my house. All gone, all vanished. And we are gone. One here, one there. And Troy is gone forever. Is it the end? Do you know? The fall of Troy. Earthquakes and floods and the city's end. Trembling body. Old, weak limbs. Carry me on to slavery. Farewell, my city. Farewell, my home, where once my children stayed. There below, the Greek ships wait. The Trojan women walk slowly down the hill to the Greek ship. Toward their bondage. You have just heard the Columbia Workshop's production of The Trojan Women by Euripides, adapted for radio by John Hausman and Edith Hamilton from Miss Hamilton's translation. The score for sound and music was composed for this broadcast by Virgil Thompson. The players were... Mildred Natwick as Hecuba, Joanna Roos as Cassandra, Zeta Johan as Andromache, Jessica Tandy, Grace Coppin, and Rose Keane played the three women. George Kalouris was the soldier. The announcer was Byron McGrath. John Hausman directed. Next week at the same time, the Columbia Workshop will present two short contrasting pieces. The first is Symptoms of Being 35 by Ring Lardner, adapted by Vera Eichel. The second is The Electric King by Lord Dunsany, adapted by a writer new to radio, Alfred Eisman. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. That's the Relic Radio Show for this week. You can find more from Escape, the Columbia Workshop, past episodes of this podcast, and all the other Relic Radio shows at relicradio.com. 
You can also donate through the website if you'd like to help support this and all of those shows. Your support makes it all happen. Thanks to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back next Tuesday with another episode of the Relic Radio Show.